What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the elusive Saturday edition of The Yard, I wanted to record yesterday. Just did not have time to get it done. And then when I got home, I had things that had run down for visitors and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, so here we are, right? You're getting your show. You're not going to get an abbreviated show. I'm going to give you the whole dope today. Uh, I want to thank everybody that came out to Lemuria Books yesterday. Man, what a great signing it was. And uh, it, it, you never know what these weekday signings, right? Uh, because, hey, if it's Saturday at 1 or Saturday at 2, people are off moving around doing their Christmas shopping. And so I wasn't sure what to expect on a Friday at noon. And uh, many of you just phoned in your orders and said, hey, I'll just pay over the phone. I'll pick it up on the way home from work. We, so as soon as I get there, I'm automatic, automatically signing books, right? And uh, so you love the pre-sales, and then uh, the thing about it was, then we had people that came and bought like multiple books, like you had like the pool purchaser, like, hey, I'm here to get everybody at the office's book. And uh, yeah, we had a really good day, and I had to restock the Miria inventory before we left. Uh, pretty much sold everything they had. I think they were down to like three or four books, and so that's been replenished. So they have, I don't know, maybe 25 signed copies there. And uh, they'll do our best to restock next week, too, because I figure the weekend will be big. Because you always get a little uh, you know, carryover after the signing. There'll be people that will show up and think, okay, well, there's signed books here. Typically, there's signed books everywhere. Typically. We try to give the bookstore signed books because uh, you guys want them. And it's so funny. I remember in the beginning when I wrote Flim Flam, people were like, hey, I want to get a signed copy. I'm like, why do people want my signature on this? But it is important. It is. And uh, I do my best to sign as many of them as I can. That's the thing. If you, if you have a copy of Flim Flam, it's unsigned. You probably bought it through Amazon. Yeah, we don't send them signed books. As a matter of fact, we don't do Amazon. Some of our vendors do it, but we don't do Amazon. But uh, yeah, later today, I'm at Campus Bookmark from 1 to 3. Uh, so get out and come be a part of that uh, if you're in town doing some shopping. So it's always exciting uh, to see you all. But yeah, great day at Lemuria. Lemuria Books, man. Uh, I, I've told this story, I think, with you guys before. When I was a kid, growing up in South Mississippi, in Columbia, Mississippi, I was born in Canton, one of the last babies, I think, born in Madison General Hospital. A few years later, they quit doing babies there, but uh, uh, settled in Columbia, Mississippi after my parents divorced and uh, grew up in Columbia. You know, we had one bookstore in town, it was called the Berean Bookstore, and it was a, it was a Christian bookstore. So they were busy, as you can imagine, living in the Bible Belt, Pine Belt. You know, a lot of people going in there buying Bibles and, uh, you know, biblical stories and things like that and religious commentaries, but they didn't carry much else. If you wanted to get a book in Columbia, Mississippi, you had to either, like, go to Kmart or something or go to Walmart and just kind of buy whatever they had on the shelves, but there was no place to order books. So I had a, um, a teacher... And she's still kicking, love her to death, Dr. Marilyn Foxworth. I had her before she was a doctor. She was my challenge teacher, which is the uh, class for the gifted and talented kids. And um, you read about some of that. And, um, and it went to bottom falls. But uh, she was one of the better teachers of my life, man. You know, there's so many teachers you look back 
And even in, in your youth, you can kind of recognize this teacher is pushing you to do more. And she was that one for me. I mean, she really was. The, the, a lot of kids, too, you know how it is when you're young. It's like, as long as you're making good grades, they kind of leave you alone. You know, like you can give maybe 75% effort and get all A's and B's and everything's good. Marilyn Foxworth was a teacher for me that um, she wouldn't accept that. Even, even if I was making an A, if I was performing beneath my potential, we would have a discussion. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I've had a more significant teacher in my lifetime than Marilyn Foxworth. Honest to goodness. Amazing, amazing teacher. She took us to Washington, D.C. back in 84, back when that was cool, and um, had a great time with her. But uh, So one day we had, to, um, we had to order some books. And uh, there was some book that we were having to get that everybody in the challenge program was having to read. And it was, anyway, I don't remember all the details about the book or what the title was or why we had to get the book, but it was a special thing we had to do. And so Dr. Foxworth ordered some books for all of us. We had, of course, our parents had to give us the money, you know, and, and uh, through Lemuria books. And that was when uh, Lemuria was on the other side of the interstate. And I had never really been to a real bookstore before, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's like you go to the, you know, you may go to the mall or something, but a real bookstore, it was the first time I'd been into an independent Mississippi bookstore. And uh, I'm a fan. And I remember walking around there, and I remember telling one of my classmates, one day I'm going to have a book in this store. One day. And uh, now I've had six. And uh, it's very special to me. Anytime that I see John Evans, who uh, I don't have many friends in the literary community that have done more or as much for me as John Evans at Lemuria Books. So I'm very much a proponent. They are Mississippi's bookstore. Absolutely fabulous selection there. The, the staff, incredible. Uh, but any time that I get a chance to go there, it's, uh, it's pretty special. And um, the very first time that I signed there was uh, when the Washington Post came. This is all like in the middle of flim-flam when things were crazy and things were everywhere. I think sometimes people forget those things happened. And I almost did too. But uh, the Washington Post photographer took a picture of me and John Evans sitting on that legendary green couch there where Arthur signed at Lemuria Books. That's the same place Eudora Wealthy is sat same place John Grisham is at. It's very, very special. And, and uh, I have two pictures on my desk, and you'd probably be surprised at what they are. You'd think, well, it's probably Dana and the kids, or, you know, Dak Prescott or something, or whatever. No. It's actually a framed picture of Paul Gregory and uh, a picture of me and John Evans sitting on the couch at Lemuria Books. That's how special that place is to me. And, uh, and so I share that with you because... I think it's important, and I had some people respond after the, you know, my little soliloquy at the end of the show the other day. Guys, good things can still happen in life after you become an adult, right? You can't just sit around waiting to be discovered, but you got to do some cool things. you got to get out and do some things for yourself. And uh, there's so many times that I'll, I'll be sitting here, and I'll be working, and I'll get frustrated, and I'll see that picture, and it reminds me that I have accomplished something in my life. I have had some dreams come true. And uh, that was one for me. I didn't know if I'd ever sign at Lemuria again, right? I mean, you just don't know. You don't know how it's ever going to work. I didn't know if I'd ever write it on the book. I didn't know if they'd ever sell. I didn't know if Lemuria would ever carry them, but they have. And I've been there several times now. But uh, you, know, you always remember your first time, right? And, and uh, thankfully, a professional photographer was able to document that, that, in, that event for me, so I had that image. So I share that with you uh, out of gratitude uh, to all of you. 
you know, because it doesn't matter what I write and what I say and what we publish if you don't read it and buy it and things of that nature. So maybe you guys like me after all. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I love Bulldog Burger Company. Matter of fact, I loved them before they loved me. I was a customer long before I had a relationship with those guys from an advertising standpoint. And when we got the opportunity to work with them, I jumped on it because I think, hey, I want my friends to be able to enjoy this. I want Bulldog Burger to be successful. And we can all kind of work together here, right? You guys can get a great meal. You know, we can have a great sponsor and they can get some great advertising with you guys. And so it's been amazing. It's been a great relationship. I love going in there and eating. I do. I don't enjoy the adult beverage, but you may, right? I'm retired from all that. You may be in your prime. I don't know. But you can get that great adult beverage. They've got a full-service bar there. And, of course, you go there for the food, right? Have that great restaurant-quality hamburger. Get those chicken wings. Get the spring rolls as your appetizer. They have some sneaky good chicken wings there, too. I mean, honestly, we don't talk about it because you think, oh, it's a burger joint. Hey, you know what? The wings there, fantastic. Love the desserts. I usually get that chip waste bread pudding, but um, as of late, I've been getting that Nutella or that chocolate shake to go. They kind of change it up, too. They have some specials. And so maybe before you order your shake, ask what the special is because they always have something a little bit different. Uh, and I like, I like different, but I do. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark, Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go by and let them know that we sent you. Uh, and again, get the spring rolls uh, as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. Trust the science. It's in writing. If it's in writing, you can trust it, right? That's what they told us. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, as you are listening to this show, Mississippi State has another huge group of visitors. Huge. And uh, we got a lot of work in front of us tomorrow, trying to catch up with all these visitors. We got all but one visitor last week, and we had speak, spoken to him the week before. We just hadn't been able to get together since then. But um, but uh, that's just part of the deal sometimes. You know, you, you make your case and do the best you can and uh, try to get up with all these visitors. It's difficult, especially for the transfer visitors. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because a lot of these guys have already been through all this before. You know, like they, they don't need to talk to Steve Robertson. Many of them are very gracious and do so. You know, we got Blake Shapin last week, and I don't know that he's talked to anybody else. But, uh, you know, I want those guys to be able to kind of convey their message to all of you. And so we do our best. It's not just about trying to get the big scoop and getting the next commitment. We want that too. But I think it's important to understand, too, you know, what, what about your other players? I want you to be able to get the chance to kind of get to know them. And, uh, of course, it's been a busy stretch, as you can imagine. Uh, so we will be able to get up uh, in the signing day on Wednesday. And a uh, reminder, we'll do our uh, podcast for Wednesday. We'll probably do that Wednesday night after all the dust has settled and all the ink is dried. You know, we usually do the uh, signing day spectacular with the marching band and the dancing girls and what kind of stuff. We do that later, so you won't get a Wednesday morning show. You will get a Monday morning show. It may actually end up being a Sunday night show. It just depends on how I feel. i uh, got, got to travel tomorrow, but um, you're getting a Saturday show today. So let's kind of run through, and again, some of these guys I wasn't able to catch up with. I like to be able to confirm the visitor with the player because, as I told you guys on Monday, uh, the list from Monday – Changed as early as Monday evening. And there were some changes to our list as late as yesterday morning. I mean, this is the last weekend before the December signing period opens. So as a result, there's a lot of ebb and flow, right? Uh, you got a handful of commitments on campus this weekend. 
And, of course, that's uh, Xavier Gayton from Brookhaven. He would have been here last weekend, but he, uh, he played in the Bernard Blackwell Classic. Uh, the players that were involved in a Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, that game happens today at noon, and you can stream that uh, online. Go to the Mississippi Association of Coaches, or just kind of – you could Google it, right? Uh, Google's your friend. Uh, but Xavier Gayton, again, would have been here last week had he been selected for Miss Al game because he played in Bernard, well, Bernard Blackwell. Moved this weekend. Don't expect any drama with him. Uh, he, he is listed as a running back, but he's really more of an athlete, could play safety. Um, I, I really like him. Uh, I, I do. I think he is one of those unheralded players in the class. I remember in the beginning, even from the beginning of his recruitment, he had an offer from Mississippi State. And um, there were some other people in the industry that doubted that. They goes, oh, no, Mississippi State hadn't offered that kid. He, we hadn't put it on Twitter, so it wasn't real, right, in their minds. It's so funny how that works, right? Like, if you don't see it, you know, then it can't be true. I mean, God forbid somebody knows something that you don't. Uh, but anyway, Xavier Gayton has had an offer from State for a long time. And, uh, you know, of course, there was some ebb and flow, of course, with, you know, Mike Leach's passing on that staff. Got everything clarified for him. And uh, it wasn't long after that we had him committed and uh, had a huge year this year. Nobody really talks about him, but I'm telling you, I don't care where he ends up position-wise. I think he's going to end up at safety. Again, he's listed as a running back by most of the recruiting services because he played that primarily this year. But Xavier Gaten's just a football player. And if you read that story I wrote about him earlier this year, this is a young man that would ride his horse to summer workouts. Yeah. If there was ever a guy meant to play at Mississippi State, it's one Xavier Gaten in Brookhaven, Mississippi. Speaking of South Mississippi, Crystal Springs product Johnny Daniels by way of Kapaya Lincoln Community College. Some of you guys are really becoming a fan of Johnny Daniels. If you watch his film, you say, well, he's Stevie's a little bit undersized, but he doesn't play small. He plays big, and he will absolutely run through you. Absolutely run through you. We need some guys with some edge, for sure. And with all the ebb and flow, you know, with this transfer portal stuff, you know, I think Johnny Daniels can be an interesting piece for us. I think it helps having Jeff Pittman around, another JUCO product. Uh, but I'm a Johnny Daniels fan from the very first time. People are like, well, who all's offered him? I don't care. Look at the film. Look at the film. Can he play football or not? Well, if he could really play, then everybody would have offered it. It's not always the case, especially when you've got a guy that may be a little bit uh, – maybe doesn't hit the measurables the way that you'd expect. But this is a great guy. Not to mention, too, is uh, the illustrious hind dog said yesterday – Let's think about Johnny Daniels' path to Mississippi State. Right? He played at Crystal Springs, and he goes to Kapile Lincoln, goes to Colin, as the kids like to call it. And he played for Glenn Davis, a former SEC running backs coach that actually coached at Mississippi State during the heyday of the Jackie Sherrill era. So you don't think that guy's had some good coaching? You don't think Glenn Davis knows an SEC running back when he sees one? Yeah. So it – that only makes me feel better about the commitment. The film looks great. And then the fact you look at his background and who's been his mentor, it makes me feel even better about it. Is Johnny Daniels going to come in here and, and light the woods on fire? I don't know that I believe that. But I think that he's a guy that can come in here and be a very productive player for us. Uh, Blake Shapin out of Baylor, you know, committed to Mississippi State last weekend. He'll take his official visit. Uh, he's on their, on campus now, and uh, that's big. I mean, just bring the quarterback in with some of these other guys and see if he can't help you recruit a little bit. But, uh, you know, Blake missed four games last year, had the uh, MCL issue. Uh, 
uh, had uh, concussion. So he missed some time last year. Baylor certainly could have used him. We know from experience when you lose QB1 for four games, you typically have a losing year. Yeah. Hey, Sean Shepard, and it's so funny, too. Like, I've seen so many people that have kind of questioned this commitment. I look at the numbers, and I look at the statistics and things like that, and I think, well, you know, he's not really a standout. But then I talk to football people and talk to other junior college coaches, and they'll tell me, this kid's a really good player. Buddy Stevens says that he's a Sunday guy. I don't know that I'm going to go that far. I'm not his coach. But I've never questioned the commitment. And with our needs on the defensive line, it makes a lot of sense to take a guy like him. Uh, Tyler Woodard, of course, uh, made headlines earlier this week. Uh, he's been committed to Mississippi State forever, put out a top three. Of course, he takes his official visit to Mississippi State. I'm not worried about Tyler Woodard. We need him, obviously. And I think him having him on campus this weekend, I think Tyler's a guy that may want a little attention, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think him being on campus this weekend is big. And uh, kind of get things wrapped up with him. Of course, they uh, they played in a NAFL championship game on Wednesday and came up short in that ball game. Uh, so now you you got go through your official visit and get ready to sign on on Wednesday. And uh, so the the quiet period begins on Sunday, which basically allows the official visitors to finish up their visits and leave campus. And then the dead period begins. And so there'll be no in person contact with Tyler Woodard from us or anybody else between now and National Signing Day after he leaves the Mississippi State campus. All right, some high school players, and um, I have spoken to just about all these guys, high school or junior college guys, a couple guys I wasn't able to get on the phone. I did speak to Elijah Cannon. That's the uh, Florida Atlantic University commitment that new Bulldog cornerbacks coach Corey Bell uh, was the first one to get him on the radar, I guess you could say. So the two have a great relationship. Uh, Elijah, super excited about the opportunity to play in a Southeastern Conference. But, um, you know, how will they handle all this? You know, will he look at this and say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to follow Coach Bell to Mississippi State. Possibility. He's pretty jazzed up about it the other day. Uh, Jaden Lewis from Anderson, Alabama, a former Auburn commitment. I feel really good about this one. He was absolutely jacked when I talked to him on the phone. Now, they're having to kind of be creative with the visit because of the fact that he is playing for Team Alabama in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Once that's over, he'll get all cleaned up, uh, get in the car, make that three-hour drive up 45 from Hattiesburg to Stark Vegas, and uh, finish up his visit. Matter of fact, I Bulldog fans, many of us grew up in a time – we didn't lock our doors. We didn't feel the need to. We didn't have a need to. But the world is a much different place today than it was when we were much younger. Surely you've seen your neighbors have these video doorbells and things of that nature. You can have the same peace of mind, but also the convenience that you grew up with, with our friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y. Very, 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 very simple product here. Very easy to install, and you set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling required, no power tools, anything like that. You get the keyless entry. You don't have to fumble around with the keys when you got your hands full. You never have to worry about your kids losing their keys, or perhaps you've got a rental property and you worry about people passing that key around. You also don't have the anxiety of having this battery that goes down on you. It's Guys, you got four months of power here, and you get a low battery notification before it runs out so you can charge it back up. 
It's pretty simple. There's no monthly fee, unlike a lot of other brands that charge you that fee. You can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. Uh, Ufi is also on standby for you 24-7, and you can get a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or even live chat, which is awfully, awfully convenient. And here's the thing. There's just so much out there in the world these days. Wouldn't it be nice to know maybe who visited your door when you're out or perhaps have the security of knowing that you've got video surveillance anytime somebody comes to your door? We absolutely can. Make sure that you look for Eufy Video Lock. That's visit E-U-F-Y official.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete troll of your door. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, Boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey, let's just do this together, okay? We're right here together. I'm going to show you my confidence in this thing. We're all right here together. Every one of us. We all love each other. We all know what's expected from each other. And uh, as it stands right now, on the 247 Sports Crystal Ball, there are four predictions. And one of those is for Mississippi State. There's about to be a second one for Mississippi State. So hold my hand, folks. We're going to do this together. This will be your first ever Crystal Ball prediction. Let's just go ahead and lock in the crystal ball pick for Jaden Lewis and Mississippi State. You guys okay with that? All right, let's go. And what's your confidence level? Six, seven? No, no. We're not, if we're going to go to the trouble to do a, 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 a crystal ball pick, we're going to have some confidence in it. So we're not going to lock him up as a 10, but we're going to put him in as a 9. Mississippi State now with its second crystal ball pick. 
for Jaden Lewis to Mississippi State. And, of course, all the earlier ones were to Auburn. So the, the only two recent picks are me and Riyadh. All right, Steve, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this. Steve Mabomo, he's going to Alabama. Okay, David Turner was one of the first to offer him. Matter of fact, may be the first to offer him. I, and to be honest with you, I think in many respects this is probably uh, a courtesy visit of sorts. I think he's at least going to come in here and hear what Mississippi State and Alabama have to say. Uh, there are no crystal ball picks for him yet, but I'm I'm told that Alabama is the team to beat. I, I never count out David Turner, but uh, that's something that we'll watch. Okay, that's something we'll watch. But I think Alabama is a team to beat. I really do. All right, Cyrus Reyes is uh, committed to Memphis. Of course, he's a safety. Matt Barnes committed him out of Katy, Texas. A lot of people talking big about him. That's the guy that's on commitment watch this weekend. And let's be honest about that, especially if you're from the state of Texas. If you're not from the greater Memphis area, you don't have a connection to Memphis, you're not going to go to Memphis when you got the opportunity to play in the SEC. So I think this boils down to the state wanting, right? I think that's where we are with this. Uh, so we'll try to get him on the phone tomorrow and just kind of see where things sit with him. And then, of course, Marcus Ross, uh, a product of Jeff Davis County High School. That's, you know, Prentice and Bassfield consolidated. Not that Bassfield needed any help, but they got some. When you consolidated with Prentice, uh, Jeff Davis County, a powerhouse in South Mississippi, Marcus Ross, uh, the leading tackler at East Mississippi Community College, on campus this weekend. Uh, we, we need him. We do. Need some linebackers. And then Keaton Thomas. We talked about him earlier in the week. Keaton Thomas initially was not expected to visit Mississippi State. He set the visit, and I don't know where it commits to Baylor. And now he's here. So all throughout the week, you know, he's trying to talk to his parents and figure that thing out. If we can flip him, I think this is significant. I don't care what his ranking is. If you if you watch this kid play, he will hit you like a truck sliding down a mountain. I mean, it is absolutely phenomenal to see the power that this guy can generate as a tackler. Very sure-handed tackler. All right, some other transfer candidates. Uh, Kelly Akari from UTEP out of Irving, Texas. Uh, a, a very productive receiver at UTEP, and we need some receivers. We've got another one from uh, Texas Tech, uh, Jaron Bradley, also here, also a product of DeSoto, Texas. Charles Brantley from Venice, Florida, Michigan State transfer, a corner. Uh, Suleiman Papka, and it's Paca, excuse me. Suleiman Paca, talk to him. This is a guy that's fired up. This is a guy that knows David Turner. I'll be surprised if he doesn't commit. Uh, Cameron Martinez from Muskegon, Michigan. I've been to Muskegon Adventure, Cameron. Uh, been at Ohio State. That's another Matt Barnes connection. And then Marlon Martinez, offensive lineman from LSU. Here and he may swing in here this weekend before it's over. And uh, not exactly sure what to expect. McKaitlin Pounders, we talked a little bit about him. Remember this story for those of you that uh, have been around the recruit Knicks that have been involved in this thing for a while. McKaylin Pounders was a longtime Mississippi State commitment. Ole Miss people kept saying they were going to flip him, going to flip him, going to flip him. And um, usually that involves uh, unscrupulous means. But uh, now there's NIL, you know, so a lot of that stuff that was illegal back then is now legal. Go figure. But McKaylin Pounders flipped Ole Miss. And then there was much celebration on behalf of the Ole Miss folks. You know, they tweet out the Mary Flipma stuff. And, of course, they later delete all that stuff. 
because they ultimately didn't send him a scholarship paperwork. So he flips from state to Memphis, excuse me, from state to Ole Miss, and then Mississippi State wouldn't take him back because they had already pivoted to Albert Reese. And McCalum was left having to find somewhere, and thankfully he found Memphis, went up there and had a couple of good years, redshirted, had a couple of good years. And, uh, you know, when he played us here, recently got injured, I think the first play of the game. And uh, didn't return, but uh, Pounder's on campus. And uh, after speaking to him, I interviewed him earlier this week. I think this is going to work out. Uh, I think this may boil down to does State really want him? I, and I think we have to have him, to be honest with you. I know some other people are like, but Steve, I, guys, listen, we got we got to we got to stop getting our feelings hurt, right? Well, he flipped from us. You know what? He was a young man that was manipulated by some adults who disappointed him. Uh, how do you how do you think McHale and Pounders will play in the Egg Bowl? How do you think McHale and Pounders will handle uh, official visitors when he's hosting them that are deciding between Mississippi State and Ole Miss? Not only do you get a good player, you got a guy with an axe to grind with your arch rival. Makes good sense. It's good recruiting. And so I I expect McHale and Pounders to announce for Mississippi State at some point. He does have a couple of visits set up for January. He is expected to go to A&M in Missouri, but he told me I might make my decision before that. I think this whole thing with McKay, and I think the fact that now things have come full circle, it's a different staff, okay? And he shared with me, too, you know, it's like when he, when he put that out there, you guys, you guys kind of made a difference. It's like all of a sudden, you know, he puts out that he's got the offer from Mississippi State, and it's like all these people are like, hey, McKay, when it's time to come home. And I, listen, I don't believe in tweeting at recruits, ever, right? I, I don't. I don't think that fans should be involved with all I think it's really silly. It's not what it used to be. But uh, if you aren't going to tweet something to recruit, no matter who they are, let's make it positive. You know, I, I see the people out there that always say, you know, best of luck to you, young man. That, that's all great, right? But the people are like, oh, this is ridiculous. This is a joke. You know, get over yourself, right? Don't you wish you had that opportunity to make that decision? As a young person, but you weren't good enough or talented enough or didn't work hard enough, and now you're going to be critical of those that do? Come on now. But McKaywin said that he got a lot. He got some overwhelming support from Mississippi State people. And, and I think for him, I think maybe he thought there was a barrier between Mississippi State and him. And I think now he's like, you know what? This might work out. So we'll see. But I, I feel positive about that. His teammate, Travion Wright, out of Perry, Georgia, also uh, on campus, cornerback, prospect we got several preferred walk-on candidates now i'm gonna be honest with you we're not going to be chasing those guys tomorrow um we got a lot of guys to try to get and i don't these transfer guys again they're very difficult to get on the phone sometimes unless you've got a previous relationship and and uh, of the transfer guys i was able to interview two of them uh, but we'll do our best tomorrow to try to, to get some numbers and uh, see if we can't get uh, reaction but a handful of undeclared prospects and a pretty good list, I think, in the end. Now, you know, the question becomes is, you know, difference makers. Are we getting difference makers? Are we just getting guys that are solid players that can do a good job for us? You know, we need to go out and get some game breakers. We do. I'm not going to hold uh, Jeff Lebby's feet to the fire here. Uh, people forget. It feels like Lebby's been here forever. Guys, we played the egg ball on Thanksgiving, Right. You know, and then uh, Levy gets hired the weekend of the SEC championship game, right? And so it's December the 16th. And you think about how far we've come in that time and the work that this staff has had to do. And they're leveraging earlier relationships like Matt Barnes, 
getting guys from Ohio State to come down here, getting guys from Michigan State, guys that he recruited when he was at Ohio State. Uh, Cody Kennedy, uh, getting out there, getting involved, again, with McKaylin Pounders. And, and Jeff Lappy was uh, driving the bus in that deal, too. And um, I'm interested to hear, you know, the other side of that story. But, uh, yeah, it's a busy weekend. But, you know, tomorrow, listen, our goal is going to be able to catch up with the undeclared and uncommitted guys. And uh, certainly we'll want to talk to our commitments. And uh, there are a handful of those. But uh, I will do my best to get these undeclared players on the phone. I, and, and that's the thing, too. When you get this close to the deal, when you get, like, signing day's Wednesday. There are a lot of guys that they may commit privately this weekend to a school around the country and just hold the public announcement until signing day. You know, they may have already secured their spot and say, hey, coach, I'm coming, but I just want to wait and let's get a big splash on signing day. And there are some coaching staffs out there, too, that kind of orchestrate some of that. They say, hey, let's just wait. You know, because like last week you want some juice, right? You want commitments out there to create some urgency and get some excitement in the fan base. But there may be some guys that actually commit on Sunday that wait and announce on Wednesday. But we're going to do our best to run that down for you. Uh, it's going to be a busy day uh, for everybody in our industry uh, tomorrow. And uh, we'll do our best uh, to keep you abreast of, of kind of what's happening and what's going on and, and uh, what's next for Mississippi State. But uh, I will be, this fan base, this football program, these players, we need signing day to kind of come and go. Because that allows then your coaches to spend, you know, from now until the drop ad date in January, some time uh, courting some difference makers out of the portal. These transfer guys do not sign. Let's repeat that. Because that's going to be the discussion in the Facebook groups of people that love Mississippi State that don't know how to process works at times. We're going to get to signing day and people are going to be like, hey, what about all our transfers? They don't sign. They don't. The only people that are going to sign on, on Wednesday are high school and junior college players. Uh, they sign a national letter of intent. But you get through signing day, hopefully get this class from the top 30 or so, and, uh, and then you don't have as many guys to recruit. Then you can really focus your energy on some transfers, some difference-making transfers. And we'll talk a little bit more about some recruiting stuff uh, later in the show. All right, time for today's top 10 list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is my friend, your friend, a friend to all. But he's your friend on the inside of the mortgage industry. 22 years of experience, top 1% close ratio in the country, back-to-back-to-back years. Guys, not just, not just in Pilahatchee, not just in Bude or in Washington, not just in Hurley, we're talking nationally. This is a guy that gets things done. And listen, maybe you're an atypical borrower. Maybe you've got a non-conforming property. I don't know. I don't know what you look like. I don't know what your financial situation is, but I can tell you Blair Chandler has seen it all and done it all in 22 years. I recently made the move to Priority One Mortgage, but the same level of service went with him. Give Blair a text or call today at 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. And uh, again, more information available to you at CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. And uh, be sure and let them know that we sent you. Several Boneyard listeners uh, have had very positive experiences with Blair. As, as a reason Blair continues to advertise on this show, it's because we're getting results for Blair. And thank you all. Uh, for soliciting our sponsors. All right, I wanted to rock today. I did. 
kind of in a Guns N' Roses mood, but we're not going to do Guns N' Roses. It's going to be something similar to that. We're going to do Axl Rose stuff today. We're doing Axl non-gun stuff. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. Many of you know the story of Guns N' Roses, and others just kind of know some of the songs. You know Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine, and you're probably done at that point. Uh, the Guns N' Roses catalog is extensive. It's very diverse. And we're not going to do Guns today, though. Uh, when Axl Rose left Indiana with Izzy Stradlin in tow, right? Those of you that know the history of the band. Uh, they went to Hollywood to try to make it. And they get out there and um, find some early success. You know, Axl, of course, had a marketable look. Izzy, of course, was a great rhythm player, did some lead stuff as well. Um, but it took a little time for things to work out. Uh, one of the first bands that Axl Rose was a part of is a band called Rapid Fire. And this is maybe two bands removed from Guns. And uh, this band put together a five-song EP. Axl Rose was a lead singer. And uh, I wanted to introduce that to you. Of course, those guys are trying to cash in, of course, on Guns N' Roses fame because Axl was their singer. And why would you not, right? He recorded a demo with them. And it is very raw and kind of gritty. So when you listen to some of the other songs on there, again, it's just a five-song EP. Um it's rock in its raw punk type form, right? It's not very polished. But there is a, a bit of a ballad. We're going to open with that today, a song called Closure. It's the last song on that EP. And uh, you can even hear, even back then, even as raw as it all is, the talent that Axl Rose has. Uh, number nine, after Rapid Fire didn't work out, uh, I understand Axl left the band like three weeks after the demo was recorded which kind of makes the demo obsolete when you lose a singer. But uh, he put together the band Hollywood Rose. And what's interesting about Hollywood Rose is he also had a guitar player by the name of Tracy Guns. You may know Tracy uh, from L.A. Guns. I've met Tracy. And uh, his big claim to fame is that uh, you know he helped found Guns N' Roses. Yeah, of course, because Tracy Guns, Axl Rose, you get it? The Guns N' Roses project. They were Hollywood Rose and... Um, ultimately became uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, but uh, there's a great track. The Hollywood Rose album is called uh, The Roots of Guns N' Roses. Again, people trying to cash in on the GNR stuff. Great track called Killing Time. Now, there are some songs from the Hollywood Rose catalog, like Reckless Life and Anything Goes, that made its way onto uh, Appetite for Destruction and or uh, GNR Lies. But... Um, Killing Time is one that I think is kind of an underappreciated song from that era in the Axl Rose uh, catalog. Okay, so three of our songs, and many of our songs on this list, the remainder of our songs, are going to be songs that Axl Rose was a featured musician or a contributor or a songwriter, something of that nature. He did uh, three songs with Sebastian Bach on the Angel Down album. And all three of those tracks are going to make... Our list today, Sebastian Bach from the Skids and Axl Rose from Guns collaborating on three songs. Yeah. All right, so here we are. We're going to start with number eight, and this has a little profanity in the title, so I'm going to censor that. Just Not that I don't use this language from time to time, uh, but uh, this is a family show. So from the Sebastian Bach album, Angel Down, featuring uh, Axl Rose, is... Uh, Love is a B-slap. And this song absolutely rips. It does. And it's kind of neat to hear uh, two iconic voices of American metal 
collaborating on a track. All right, number seven. This And uh, Axel was a songwriter on this one. I don't know that he was a backing musician, but he did help write this. This band, uh, it's a band called Asphalt Ballet. I got a little bit of story with this. You guys remember when Sound Shop was in Hattiesburg at the uh, Cloverleaf Mall, back when you, we had malls, right? And uh, the lovely Francis worked there. I love, man, oh, my gosh, I love Francis. I think everybody in Hattiesburg wanted to date Francis that worked at Sound Shop. And Todd, of course, ran the show. Todd was great. Uh, Larry, it's like I remember all these names because I was in there all the time. Anytime I went to the mall, these guys were like my friends, and they should love me because I was always buying records, right? I was always buying tapes and CDs. We didn't buy records back then. That wasn't cool because we had to be portable. But uh, last time I saw Frances, she was at North Park Mall with her family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing, beautiful. And she dated my friend Clay, who was also a guitar player in one of my bands. But um, so I'm in Sound Shop one day, and uh, they had this thing set up where you, it's like they've got, I don't know, 50 albums on there, and you can go like push the button, and you hear like a snippet of the album. And it's, you know, 20 seconds or so, whatever the lead single is. And the very first time they set that thing up, there was Pearl Jam, and there was Nirvana, and there was this band, Asphalt Ballet. And I bought Asphalt Ballet instead of uh, Nirvana's Nevermind and Pearl Jam's 10. Now, ultimately, I went back and got 10, you know, wouldn't, didn't take long because they exploded. But I bought Asphalt Ballet over Nevermind. I don't regret it, even to this day. Uh, but the second album from Asphalt Ballet has a song that uh, Axl Rose was a co-writer on, a song called Pigs from Asphalt Ballet. Uh, and, and, Kate, and some of you are thinking, you know, Steve, I'm a rocker. I remember all of this. What was Asphalt Ballet's like uh, signature song? It's Soul Survive. And it's one of those songs, too, that uh, will really, really gas you up for sure. But there we go. Uh, Pigs from Asphalt Ballet, number seven. Number six, back to the Sebastian Bach album, It's Stuck. Axel and Sebastian both on this one. Now, here's one that's a surprise for you. Most of you. Now, I'm a Don Henley fan. And I, I admire his work even after leaving the Eagles, even though he kind of got a dull contemporary on me. I was a DJ. I was a program director at the time when, uh, you know, the end of Innocence and Don Henley was absolutely soaring with that amazing album. My favorite track on that album it's I Will Not Go Quietly, and Axl Rose helps sing on this one. Was also credited as a uh, studio musician and a co-writer on the track. I Will Not Go Quietly with Don Henley. Let that sink in for a second. That's amazing. All right, number four. I absolutely dig this one, even though it's a cover. Okay, let's get, you know my policy, but it is a cover. You know, Gilby Clark, of course, uh, replaced Izzy Stradlin and Guns N' Roses, and Gilby was around during the Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 touring sessions. And he had a, a solo album he did called Pawn Shop Guitars, and uh, it's super cool. Well, Axel sings uh, on the Rolling Stones cover, Dead Flowers. I don't know your feelings about that kind of stuff, but I thought they did a really good rendition of it. All right, number three. We talk about some of the legendary people that Axl Rose has worked with, and I think that's a feather in his cap. Guys, we're going all the way back to the Sex Pistols. Yeah, that's right. And if you think about Johnny Rodden and Axl Rose, there is a lot of um, commonality with all of that. You know, of course, not just the fact that they're both redheaded and they uh, sing in a much different style. You know, both of them were very erratic and um, kind of delinquent, I guess you could say. But Steve Jones, 
really, in many respects, the founder of the Sex Pistols uh, continued to record. You know, this is a guy that couldn't even play guitar. He just put a band together. He was a poser. And then, uh, never mind the bollocks, here come the Sex Pistols, one of the most iconic albums of all time. Much of what we enjoy in rock and roll today is spawned from that album, from the Sex Pistols. Well, Axel did some work with Steve Jones on a great track called I Did You No Wrong. And Steve Jones, an incredibly extensive catalog. Of course, the Sex Pistols just had the one album, right? And uh, they did have like the little follow-up thing and, you know, this record company trying to cash in there. The, the whole thing imploded. But Steve Jones continued to play and continued to influence uh, musicians throughout his career. And there's Axel. Uh, I think the name of that album was Fire and Gasoline. I think it's right. But uh, I did you no wrong. Great track. Number two, another cover here. And uh, it's an iconic cover of an iconic screamer with Bach and Rose together. It's covering Aerosmith's Back in a Saddle. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, from Aerosmith. And that was really one of those really, you know, Steve, it took Steve Tyler a while to kind of find his own voice. But when Back in the Saddle came out, it was kind of a, a new sound was truly defined. But number one for me, the best side joint, the best collaboration is Under My Wheels with Alice Cooper. And that was on the Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 documentary soundtrack. It's amazing. It absolutely is. And again, Alice Cooper and Axl Rose together. Axl Rose is an iconic guy. No matter what you think about him or his politics or you know, his behavior as a juvenile delinquent or whatever, there's no denying the guy's talent as a front man. And there was, some, there was some organization that said he was the best singer of all time. I completely disagree. Um, but, of course, he you know, kind of shrugged it off and, and uh, gave the thumbs up to who really is the best singer of all time, Freddie Mercury. Uh, but, yeah, you can see a lot of that front man Freddie magnetism in Axl Rose. And, you know, it's so, I tell you one of the things that really bothers me. And maybe it shouldn't. My wife is always like, why does it bother you so much? It just does. Okay, it's just like all this stuff about like, like okay, Vince Neil from Motley Crue is not the guy that he was in the 80s. He's put on a little weight. I've, I've, I've talked to Vince. Met with Vince at Rocklahoma. Talked to him a couple times. The guy's still out there trying to bring good shows to fans. And Vince has made his money. You know, unlike a lot of rock stars from the 80s that kind of ran out of money, you know, and they're having to get out there and tour for survival. Vince Neil has made his money, period. He is out there singing and performing for the enjoyment of that. I mean, of course, if you're writing a check, he's going to show up, right? But he doesn't have to. I mean, Vince Neil could just sit back and live off royalties if he wanted to. You know, Mick Mars got paid almost $10 million last year to stay home on the stadium tour. I mean, give me a break. But all of a sudden, you get these social media trolls out here, and it's like, oh, you know, look at Vince. You look how overweight he is. Yeah, no duh, man. You kidding me? Do you expect him to still fit into those same leather sequin pants that he wore in the uh, you know, smoking in the boys' room video? I mean, come on. But the guy's out there playing for his enjoyment and our enjoyment, right? And then, like, I remember when um, Lisa Marie Presley died, and Axl Rose and Lisa Marie Presley were extremely close. And... Uh, Axel gets up and, and sings. And not only, okay, number one, does Axel not have the voice he had in the 80s, he's just lost a close friend. And then people jump out there and say, oh, he sounds terrible. Really? You know, why don't we have a little more class as a society? It's like, oh, well, look at these guys. They're all has-beens now. Yeah, and you were never was. Right? Have some respect 
You know, Don Dockin, I had a chance to meet him down in Biloxi before COVID. And uh, it was a, a huge honor for me to meet Don Dockin. Love Don. Amazing singer. And by his own admission, he can't hit those big notes anymore. And so he released one final album recently. And people are like, oh, you know, well, Don can't hit the big note. Yeah, he's an old man now. What are you doing? It just absolutely, it just drives me crazy. And it's like, we got new Motley music coming up in 2024. You know, new album coming out with John 5. And immediately, as soon as it hits, people are going to say, well, it's not Motley without Mick. And, you know, Vic, uh, Vince is too heavy. And, you know. You're going to do all that. Let me just tell you this. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. And if you don't listen to it, don't comment on it. I mean, I know it's a free society, but it absolutely drives me crazy. And it's like, and it happens on the female side too. You know, now we've become so emboldened on social media with all these trolls. People think they can say whatever they want to say. They're like, oh, man, look how much weight she's put on. Um, you know, who's the girl, the, the country girl, the Laney girl that wore the really tight jeans and got really famous for that, uh, which is, you know, Kind of a sad thing to be famous for, considering her obvious talent. And then I remember reading after that, somebody's like, oh, well, she's gained all this weight. Then all of a sudden, she comes back and uh, posts this comeback picture and how she's trimmed down. And I think, why did she feel the need to do that? I mean, why would people say such things like that uh, to make somebody else think, oh, well, I've got to go, you know, i got to go get in better shape because these social media trolls who were probably sitting down, you know, in their mom's basement and eating Cheetos and sitting in a bing bag chair, you know, or something like that. I mean, it just drives me crazy. But uh, enough preaching today. Uh, I love to rock. I love the new rock. I love the old rock. And I like the fact that, uh, you know, we're probably going to get another Guns album at some point, And we thought that was never going to be possible. We got a new Extreme album earlier this year. We got, we got a new Molly album coming. And so, like, cool. Again, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Well, I wish these guys would hang it up. I wish you'd stop posting. How about that? How does that make us feel, right? You don't have to comment on everything. It's like everybody feels the need to have an opinion about everything. And nobody ever asked me, hey, well, you, Steve, what do you think uh, Engelbert Humperdinck's uh, fan base looks like today? I mean, I, I just don't go comment on those things. I try to stick to what I know. I do. Uh, but, yeah, social media, is, uh, it's, it's been a great thing and a negative thing. There, there's pros and cons with everything. But uh, the way that some of these people attack people they're trying to bring them some level of enjoyment, I think is absolutely ridiculous. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Again, I will be there today from 1 to 3. So if you're out doing shopping in the greater Starkville area, swing by, say hello, pick up some Mississippi State merch, and you can get signed and personalized books. While I'm there, we can talk a little sports. You never know. Uh, enjoy going over there. It's like uh, you know, being with family. It really is. Campus Bookmart's been with us a long time. And uh, I believe in supporting Starkville. So even if you don't live in Starkville and you're looking for Mississippi State gear, let's support a Starkville institution in Campus Bookmart. Visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. All right, no basketball today for the Bulldogs. But it has been a better week. We'll start on the women's side. The ladies snap a two-game losing streak back on Monday, 91-50, a blowout performance over Kennesaw State. And then, hey, a little bit of a tussle against Jackson State. But we win that game 82-72. to That took place on Thursday since we have uh, been together. I don't know if you guys uh, paid attention to that or not. 
Appreciate Robbie Falk's contributions covering that game. But the uh, Bulldogs win all but the fourth quarter. We lose that quarter just by three points. So Jackson State drops to five and four on the year. Your Bulldogs up to ten and two. Uh, 4,423 was the attendance. Uh, Dee Kantner was also there as the official. That's always fun. Always fun. But, um, hey, good effort from the Bulldogs. Debris Chappelle leads the Bulldogs with 21 points. Uh, Jerkelia Jordan with 19. Jessica Carter with 17. Man, how big is it to have her back? Aaron Barnum with 17. Uh, Lauren Park Lane only had two, and that's okay. We just needed her to be a facilitator. Just didn't have a great night shooting uh, just one of 11 from the floor. But it's great that uh, one of our star players can have an off night and we still win by double digits. Okay, ladies are in action uh, tomorrow, excuse me, yeah, tomorrow, Sunday, uh, against Memphis. That's going to be a 2 p.m. tip. If you're in the greater Memphis area, maybe swing by and go support the Bulldogs. I'm sure those tickets are uh, are very, very inexpensive. And you can go by and uh, be a part of that. That's always great. It's always great when our fans attend uh, road sporting events to support the team. You know, it's one thing to have a home court advantage. It's another thing to uh, go into somebody else's venue and our fans take over the place. The uh, Memphis women's basketball team just four and six uh, on the season, so it should be a game that we could win. But anytime that you got to go into another team's venue, it's a, a difficult deal. So the uh, Last two games for the Lady Tigers, they lose to Columbia at Columbia, 76-66. They squeak by Southern Miss at a home game at Elma Ron Fieldhouse, 69-67. They did not play a midweek game this week, so they should be fresh uh, as we come in this week. So let's uh, be sure and get out and, uh, and support uh, the ladies. And then uh, their next ball game, is going to be at Colorado State. Ladies are back in the Humphrey Coliseum December the 29th. So it's going to be a little bit, 13 days before you have a chance to see the ladies uh, against the Delta Devils of Valley State, Mississippi Valley State. And that's the final non-conference game before we begin SEC play. But again, 10-2, and 10-2. Really good record, uh, you know, at this point. And, of course, that, that really terrible week there. On the men's side of things, men kind of getting some things going too. You know, we also had a little bit of a schneid with them, and uh, we've won two in a row. Take care of Tulane last weekend, 106-76, probably the most complete basketball game we have played this year. And not only was it a great game for us, it came against a quality opponent, a team that really shoots well from the perimeter. And then we come home and take on Murray State, and that ended up being a little bit of a tussle late. And I don't know if we're just getting gassed. But we have had some issues defensively down the stretch. And Murray State, not a great team, 3-6, and six, already 1-1 one one in, the, in, the, uh, in the MVC. Your Bulldogs now 8-2. and two. But, uh, yeah, this was an interesting game down the stretch. Shaquille Moore with 16 points. Josh Hubbard off the bench with 15. Cam Matthews pitches in 13. Anytime we get double digits from him, that's great. DJ Jeffries, huge game for DJ. It was good, DJ. 11 points, 12 rebounds. Nine of those on the defensive end. And uh, stayed out of foul trouble. DJ is a very interesting piece for us. Rams Davis contributes six. Jimmy Bell with six. Uh, Jimmy just three boards, too. And uh, so we really needed DJ to step up there. But uh, listen, that, yeah, listen, the lead changed hands four times. And uh, thankfully, 
it was one of those things down the stretch where we had to kind of dig down deep in a game that we felt like we were in control of. And all of a sudden you look up and State's down a point late. It's kind of nuts to think about it, really. And uh, give Murray State some credit. You know, the Bulldogs are up by double digits about midway through the second half and just felt like, hey, we're, we're good. I mean, I guess the lead was as high as 18 points. No, 19, excuse me. We were as many, up as that as 19 points in this ballgame. And then lo and behold, you look up late and State's trailing. Pretty nuts there. With 116 to play, we're down a point. Had a chance to tie it. DJ, one of two from the line there. Rob Perry goes down, who had a good game for Murray State, misses a three-point basket. And the next thing you know, we run a little play here. A little alley-oop play to uh, Cam Matthews to heave it home to give State the lead 82-81 with just 28 seconds to play. Rob Perry then misses a jumper, and it's DJ with the big rebound. They have to foul, and DJ uh, makes the final two uh, free throws to give State an 84-81 victory. But, um, hey, you know, good on the uh, the racers for battling back there. But are there some concerns about the team? Yes. Is it time to panic? Absolutely not. We're finding our way. And uh, Tolu, of course, uh, going to be in practice and have some contact. So, you know, we're expecting him back. And we've got to be patient with him, right? We can't expect him to come back and, and be the star, you know, uh, but uh, it's good that he's getting a chance to kind of move around a little bit. The Bulldogs will be in action tomorrow in Tupelo, Mississippi, taking the game on the road, usually during the holiday break rather than just have it here because the students are all dispersed, uh, ready to open their Christmas gifts, those of them that are on the nice list. But uh, taking the show to Tupelo, encourage you to go by. That's the Magnolia Madness game against North Texas. Uh, we'll be working on visitors, so we won't be in attendance. Dave Murray and Justin Frommer will cover for us. Uh, but we got a lot to do. Busy, busy work day on Sunday for your staff over at jeanspage.com. A lot to cover, a lot to do. But, uh, you know, the Mean Green set to roll under Tupelo, Mississippi. And uh, I don't know if you've kept up with North Texas. Maybe you have. But let's give you a quick primer, kind of what to expect uh, when they take the floor. But they're a 5-4 and four team overall. They've lost two in a row. All, they've won four games at home. And away from their home venue, they're 1-4 and four on the season. Uh, they took care of Northern Iowa in overtime earlier this year, 83-77. They get by Omaha, 75-64. Their first true road game is at St. John's. They lose by one, 53-52. They lose to LSU, 66-62. They blast Housen in Charleston, South Carolina, 65-39. Angelo State, a victim of 79-50 uh, ballgame at the Super Pit there in Denton, Texas. They get Mississippi Valley, 79-48. They lose at Boise, Idaho, 69-64, and then lose to Fordham out in Brooklyn, 60-59. Most of these games competitive. But you see, the quality of competition has not been elite. This should be a game that State should be able to win, barring uh, you know a subpar performance from us. But uh, we're going to encourage you to get out and go support this at the Cadence Bank Arena. Anytime that we do special things like this, we need to turn out because we need these things to continue to happen. You know, one of the reasons we used to play these games in Jackson, and uh, we decided to play this one in Tupelo. So please turn out and support it. There are a lot of kids out there that would love to see the Bulldogs in their hometowns. If you're in the greater Tupelo area, if you're in Starkville or whatever, guys, it's just an hour, you know, drive over there. And you're looking for something to do anyway. 
and again, you still got some Christmas shopping to do. While you know, maybe even uh, drop the ladies off at the uh, at the outlet mall there, and uh, you go to the ball game. Maybe they want to go too. But we need to have attendance. And again, this is a fundraising type game for us. So even if you're not attending, please go buy some tickets. Give a gift to Mississippi State. Uh, give a gift to uh, Mississippi State basketball. So we encourage you to do that. We have done that. We are, we are a sponsor for this game. And uh, we don't get anything out of it other than a little name recognition. But we're going to always do what we can uh, to help Mississippi State and to certainly help uh, you know our, our efforts uh, to be more competitive teams. And so, again, uh, turn out and be a part of that. Uh, real quickly here, too, uh, Bulldogs – Next game after this, we'll get basically the midweek off for the holiday break. And then we'll head uh, Rutgers next Saturday. So a week from the day, we'll be in Newark, New Jersey. So for you Bulldogs that are up in that neck of the woods, that game's going to be broadcast on the Big Ten Network. And then we have Bethune-Cookman coming in here that Sunday. Excuse me, eight days later uh, for New Year's Eve, 2 p.m. against Bethune-Cookman. So we're going to have a little bit of a break here in the schedule. Kind of get our legs back under us, and then we get ready to travel to Columbia, South Carolina uh, to open SEC play. Still not absolutely sure when Tolu Smith's coming back. There were some times that uh, Coach Christian said it may be mid-January. It was talk about Christmas. Uh, I would say probably closer to Christmas at this point, if he's out there running around and going to participate in practice. He just kind of kind of get, get, get his legs under him a little bit. Uh, getting back into good cardiovascular shape. But it'd be great if we could have him play in these last couple non-conference games and uh, be ready to roll when we get ready to go to South Carolina. And that's the thing that I always go back to. You know, help is on the way, right? It's not like we're going to go out and sign a free agent. But our star player has not been a part of things uh, due to a bad injury that has required him to miss all the non-conference. But you look up and you're 8-2, and two, and you got a really good chance of finishing out this thing uh, you know, on a three-game winning streak, I guess technically a five-game winning streak. But, uh, hey, if you end up only losing two non-conference games without Tolu Smith, I think you would take that at the beginning of the year. I think most of us thought we'd lose one or two. Uh, now here we are with the possibility of that becoming a reality. So always encourage you to get out and support the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm a Chris Jans and Sam Purcell fan and uh, believe that we have made the right hires. I think you all feel the same way. And I think once Tolu gets back, I think you're going to see probably a little better rhythm on offense. You know, but not to mention you've got that great rim protector in Tolu Smith, and that really changes things defensively. And Jimmy Bell, what, a, what an asset he's proven to be for us. Now all of a sudden, at times you can play both of them at the same time. Uh, when Tolu needs a break, you can put Jimmy in. Now you have a very capable five-man uh, in Jimmy Bell. Pretty remarkable a turnaround in his career. I mean, this is a guy that's found new life in Starkville, Mississippi. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the fine folks at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Guys, just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse, right? There's no fancy website or anything like that. You just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Their Facebook page will come out. You can take a, a virtual tour, shall we say, and see all the great amenities that are available to you. If you are bringing a large group to Starkville, there's no better place to stay than a Stark Vegas Clubhouse. It's as simple as that. Just five minutes from campus. How cool is that? It's the renovated old clubhouse on the old golf course. Not a lot of neighbors around there. Not that we want you to get too rowdy, but you're going to have your own space, have a little peace and quiet. And uh, how cool would it be, man, if you've got a bigger family like us, is to bring everybody to town and you just settle under one roof, right? 
plenty of bedrooms, got that great fire pit out there, got the wet bar. I guess I could be a bartender. I guess, you know. Uh, but I don't know your needs. But I know this. I know economically speaking, if you're bringing your whole family to town and you got adult kids and they got their own families, you might be better off just going through the Stark Vegas Clubhouse and save yourself hundreds of dollars. And then you have the glory of having everybody under one roof. And you get up and have cinnamon rolls in the morning. I'm a big proponent of cinnamon rolls for breakfast, especially when mom or grandma make them. You know what I'm talking about. It, they just hit different. But it'd be nice to be able to have everybody there to kind of recreate together. Instead of having to worry about, oh, well, so-and-so's in the room and so-and-so's at the bar. They went to here. Everybody's together. You can gather under one roof and go celebrate a Mississippi State win. Or maybe it's you got a work crew coming to town. Maybe you're working at, on the university campus. Maybe you're just working the Golden Triangle. And it's nice to have like a headquartered a facility. There you go, Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Book through the Evolve website. We can save you a little money. We'll save you 10% off your stay. Yeah. Go to the Evolve website. Use promo code BSR10. That saves you 10% off your stay. Nobody else doing that. We're doing it for you because I love you. I do. And again, Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Book through the Evolve website. Promo code BSR10. All right. Let's talk about a few things that are going on. We talked about some of these visitors that are coming in. Of course, there's a bunch of undeclared guys. I don't expect a lot of leverage this week with the transfer this weekend. They have time, right? Now, there may be some guys that take the visit and say, you know what, hey, I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. But we're going to really focus much of our energy here on, uh, on these non-committed guys. And, and we talked about we did it together. We went ahead and entered a crystal ball pick from Mississippi State in favor of Jaden Lewis from Anniston, Alabama. He is a four-star cornerback out of Anniston, Alabama. Former Auburn commitment. I'm expecting him to be a Bulldog. I'll be surprised if he's not. Uh, Elijah Cannon talked about him earlier. Again, I think this boils down to is he willing to make the trip from Pompano Beach, Florida to Starkville, Mississippi. I mean, let's let's be honest. As much as we love Starkville, it's not for everybody. But sometimes people like are just ready for something new. We talk about that with our in-state kids. Like, you know, this kid just wants to get out of state and experience something different. Elijah Cannon has a chance to play in the Southeastern Conference. He has a great relationship with Corey Bell. You know, uh, you know so we'll see kind of how things progress there. I'm not quite ready to call Elijah Cannon, but I'll tell you this. When I talked to him on his visit the other day, he was jacked about the chance to play in the SEC. I won't be the least bit surprised if he commits to Mississippi State. But it could be a situation. It's like, hey, I got to get back and talk to my family. I don't know who else coming with him on the visit. That's an important aspect of this thing too. Uh, we spoke about Steve, and again, that's I'm going to mess it up. But Steve Mabomo uh, from Canada at a Notre Dame Defoy. I've been told he's expected to commit to Alabama, and that this weekend visit was kind of up in the air. Uh, we'll kind of watch him and see. And then we mentioned Cyrus Reyes earlier. I think if State really wants him as a safety, he's a young safety, and we need some, right? Our secondary has been decimated by a graduation by the portal. And there's Marcus Ross, linebacker from East Mississippi. I'm expecting him uh, to announce from Mississippi State. Not sure when. And then Keaton Thomas. This one is very interesting. This is a guy that Matt Barnes recruited. Uh, This is a guy that Matt Barnes knows well. And this could be a situation where he goes to Baylor and gets caught up in the moment and says, you know what, i got to make sure i got something this late in the process. And then on Monday, he's like, you know what, I'm just working through all this with my parents. I'm going to take the visit. 
Apparently, Coach Barnes talked him into coming. So he's got Baylor in his back pocket, or he could pick up Mississippi State this weekend. He already has the offer. Will he follow through with the commitment? Uh, I, I, no matter Again, no matter what his uh, value is in the ranking standpoint, he is better. He's ranked an 85 Juco player. But you watch his film, you feel completely different. Now, I want to talk a little bit about a visitor that, that was here last week. And I'm on the fence about this, but I'm close. You guys might be able to talk me into it. All right, so Daniel Hill from Meridian was here last week. Now, let's take a quick look at the guys that visited last week. And I'm, I'm sure I may miss one or two. Uh, and Colin Fox is, you know, I don't know what exactly. I haven't, the Colin Fox thing is difficult to kind of get a handle on, right? That's the tight end from uh, Logansville, Georgia, committed to Central Florida, four-star tight end. He said all the great things. He wanted to take the visit, and then his mom comes out and says she never agreed to the visit. It's kind of a mess, to be honest with you. But let's take a look at, um, you know, at, at last week's visitors. Uh, Jaquan Bolden surprised us all yesterday by announcing for Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Didn't expect that. Kid from Canton, Mississippi that's got a cousin, John Lewis, on our team. Said he grew up cheering for the Bulldogs and then picks Purdue. The NIL world is different, man. It just is. There are a lot of things that um, they don't make sense, but they make dollars. All right, so look at it last week. Uh, you know, Ethan Miner committed earlier this week. Um, not a huge surprise there and, and very needed for us. But uh, let's run through some of these high school kids and junior college guys, okay? So Luke Work obviously committed to Mississippi State. No problem there. Fred Clark committed to Mississippi State. He's uh, playing in Mississippi Alabama All-Star game this weekend. Uh, no more time for him to take visits. The same thing for T.J. Lockhart and San Francisco McGee. I had a chance to interview all those guys. Uh, T- Fred, T.J., uh, Frisco down in uh, Hattiesburg this week, and they're all good to go. We up- updated their, their bio page pictures, all that good stuff. I spoke to Jeff- Gregory Genross out of Dodge City, Kansas. You know, he decommitted from Arkansas earlier. And, uh, yeah, listen, I talked to him last weekend, and he said, I, don't, I just don't want to do a story. And uh, so we respected his decision, and I, I do that contrary to popular belief among some. Uh, but Gregory's like, yeah, I, thought I had a great visit. I may be flipping to Mississippi State. I just don't, I'm not ready to do a public story. You can take the quotes and save it for later, and I did. And uh, spoke to him after he decommitted from Arkansas, and he's just not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure if Mississippi State's going to take him. I'm not sure if he's going to have to go somewhere else. That situation is just something that I think will play out here in the next couple of days. Uh, but uh, this is a guy that was ready to commit to Mississippi State prior to Zach Arnett being terminated. Then all of a sudden you bring in John Coopers. It's a new staff. They've got different evaluations. Uh, but, you know, good job on getting him on campus, and now he's available, you know. And so I won't be surprised if he announces for Mississippi State because that's what he's been talking about doing for some time. I'm just not sure how the numbers are going to work for State. Right, Brandon Jennings from Hines, he's been great. You know, he was a guy, once he committed, people were like, oh, well, he's already been like four different schools. You know, there's no telling what he's going to do. Uh, he's locked in and good to go. We talk about needing linebackers. He's good. And there's Ja'Cory. Why did – same thing with Ja'Cory. Ja'Cory is uh, the oldest sibling in his family, wanted to stay reasonably close to home. He's getting that at Mississippi State. Uh, I think it's one of those situations, too, where uh, a chance to play in a Southeastern Conference and close enough that his family can enjoy and be a part of all of this. Uh, Jimothy Lewis told me that he didn't rule out taking a visit this weekend, but he did expect to sign with Mississippi State on Wednesday. Excellent commitment for us. 
uh, a guy that we expect to play early in his career. You know, you don't see a lot of freshman offensive tackles play with great success. Uh, Jimothy could be one of those. You know, Charles Cross came in, took Charles a little while to kind of figure it out because Charles had to add some mass and girth. That's not the case with Jimothy. Everybody can get bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, but Jimothy is a guy from a physical skill standpoint is ahead of even where Charles Cross was. Mario Craver, uh, no real surprise there. Another guy that was expected to commit to Mississippi State just before the Arnett situation unfolded the way that it did. Uh, very interesting piece for us. People, Some people have kind of compared him to Tulu. I don't know that he could beat Tulu in a foot race. I'd like to see it. Uh, but I do think that he is a little bit more slippery than Tulu. I think he's a guy that can make guys miss with little, maybe a little quicker. Maybe not as fast, but maybe a little bit quicker. Uh, Terrence Sibler, of course, uh, did not participate in Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practice this week, but he will be an All-American and uh, will be leaving soon for Frisco, Texas, to take part in that ball game. And then there's Stonka Burnside, uh, who will announce on January 3rd. I-, I fully expect him to be a Bulldog. I've never taken my crystal ball pick off of Stonka Burnside. And then when he commi- I remember when he decommitted, people said, well, that's going to be it for Arnett. Well, you never fire a coach over that. But it's another one of those drips, right? Like you're sitting there and it's like, oh, my gosh, what, what else could happen next? And you lose a Starkville High School guy uh, like Stonka Burnside, who is an explosive receiver. I'll tell you this, uh, he released last week. He didn't want to do any interviews. I didn't even ask him to do one this week. We just took some pictures. We talked a little bit. But, uh, you know, not really about any of this stuff, really just kind of about – you know, the game, how important it is to win the game. But uh, is a dude, man. And uh, I believe he's already made his decision. He, you know, he said his final two were Mississippi State and Ole Miss. He didn't visit Ole Miss. His only official visit was to Mississippi State. And he was around all of, uh, you know, your in-state guys. And now they're all together at Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practice this week. And State's got four commitments there and a couple other guys that are uh, considering Mississippi State as well. And so – not only did you have the great visit, and Fred Clark said himself, I don't know how anybody that visited wouldn't want to be at Mississippi State. He said it was a spectacular visit. And so while we can't officially count Stonk until he announced, I'm counting him in my numbers. I do expect him to return to the Bulldog fold. That's another four-star receiver, of course, which helps you kind of boost up your numbers here. Michael Van Buren, of course. Uh I don't know that I expected him to commit last week. I was told that he may wait and announce on the ESPN signing day deal. But again, as I discussed on Monday, he and his family wanted to help be a drawing card for Mississippi State and help finish out this class. And then there's J.J. Harrell. That, uh, you, J.J. Harrell, excuse me. You can watch his video that we put up. Uh, I wanted you guys to have a chance to see the personality that we've seen. J.J. Harrell is a dude. But J.J. Harrell is also a huge personality that people gravitate to. He is going to be a leader on this team. And and I think when the game is on the line and it's third and third and five, that's the guy you're going to go to. Great catch radius. Got to get a little bit bigger. But but this is a guy, too, that is very fleet of foot. And then there's Daniel Hill. Daniel Hill of Meridian. So I had a phone conversation yesterday and – I had somebody tell me that he has made his decision, but he's not ready to communicate that to the schools, which is interesting. And uh, I understand on the Alabama side of things that uh, they are aware he has decided, but aren't sure where he's going to go. Well, my line of thinking with that is, is if you're a guy like that that's kind of worked through this process, wouldn't, wouldn't you want them to know that you were coming so they make sure you have a spot? 
So if it's okay with you guys, while we're here together, we're going to take a little bit of a chance here just kind of based on uh, some chatter, but also too, let's say some good deductive reasoning. And we're going to enter our crystal ball pick for Daniel Hill of Mississippi State. That's just done. That's done. Now, we may end up having an egg on our face when it's all said and done, but I'll tell you this, kind of the, you know, the thought behind all this process. The coaching change and the change in offensive philosophy, I think, favored Daniel Hill. I think Daniel Hill was the guy, too, that um, I think he went through this process, and I think in the end he wants to be where he's wanted. Now, South Carolina wants him for sure. But I was told after he took the official visit there that uh, he felt it was too far from home. And now Daniel Hill comes in, takes the visit. You know, he was supposed to come to the cookout, didn't show. It was all these things that he's going to come, he's going to come. doesn't happen. Now all of a sudden you change the coaching staff. Daniel Hill gets on campus and he's around J.J. And he's around Stanka. And he's around Fat Clark. And he's around T.J. Lockhart. Those are his friends. And then he leaves Starkville, Mississippi, goes home, packs a bag, heads down to, uh, to Camp Shelby uh, to bunk with these guys for a week, and now they're going to play in a Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game today. So in many respects, you've had the continuation of the Mississippi State official visit. Last week, you had the kids, you had the coaches said, hey, Daniel, we want you to be Bulldog. We love you. You can come here, be a running back for us. You'll be our guy in this class. And then that's been reinforced all throughout the week. And, and really, that's the thing, too, you think about. Even without somebody saying it, it's like, hey, I'm out here on a practice field, and we're all playing together and getting a chance to be teammates for the first time. Maybe we should continue that. Now, of course, Daniel's going to announce his decision January 6th at the All-American Bowl on NBC. But, of course, there is a possibility of him signing this week or this coming week and then just holding the announcement. We've done that before. You know, Deontay Anderson was also an an All-American Bowl player. They didn't play the bowl game in 20, but they had the national broadcast. So he signed with us, and we just held the information until uh, he announced it on uh, on television. So this isn't our first rodeo with all this stuff. And so I'm of the belief now, based on recent chatter, and the trajectory and momentum that Mississippi State has, that I believe Daniel Hill is going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog, and at no point in his recruitment have I ever felt that way until now. And I think, again, it says a lot about the staff, and I think about the job. Hey, you know what? We're going to get going here. We're not going to get uh, all hemmed up here and just accept the fact that these kids have told the previous staff no. So let's just see you know, if, if it goes how I expect, and you add – Daniel Hill, and you add Stonka Burnside. Well, that's two more four-stars to this class. And over at 247 Sports, we have this thing called the Class Calculator. Now, I don't know where you are, and I don't know what you've got going on. But we're going to do this math together here. I'm going to go ahead and add Stonka Burnside back to the class. You can do this, too. This is not something just because I own the website that I can do. You, as uh, as a fan of recruiting can go use the trusty 247 Sports class calculator. All right, so let's just say we add those two, right? 
All of a sudden, that raises your point total to 225 points. Oh, I hit the mic. I'm sorry. I always get somebody that says, Steve, stop hitting the mic. I'm sorry. All right, so that gets your point total up to 225.66. All right, so let's take a look. Now, what if, what if we did this, okay? What if, and I'm just, you know, I'm just ballparking here. What if we added Jaden Lewis as well? out of Anniston, Alabama. He's another four-star, right? So now we add Daniel Hill back in. And of course, there's going to be some others. But let's just talk about some of these, you know, some of these hitters, right? Some of these headliners. All of a sudden, you had Daniel Hill back in, and you add Braylon Burnside. And, uh, you know, and now we calculate that. Now, all of a sudden, um, you know, we've made another nice jump here. And so, so you go look at where the team rankings are right now, and you think about the possibility of adding three more four-stars to this class, you have a very realistic chance to, number one, get in the top 30, but possibly, possibly, if things go just right, get in the top 25, which would be remarkable. I'm not expecting that. I'm not ruling it out. State's currently next to last in the SEC right now. We're next to last in the SEC. And that's because we have, you know, 16 commitments. You know, everybody ahead of us, with the exception of Texas A&M, has more commitments than us. So it's not just about quality. It's about quantity. There's a lot of teams ahead of us because right now we have a really small class. So we have some upward mobility. And unlike some earlier years, we have several players out there that are highly ranked and regarded that may give us a chance to kind of jump ahead of some of these schools. That's important to understand, too. So how many times in the past have we um, you know, kind of shot our wad in the summer months and then not had a lot of intrigue with very highly recruited or highly ranked players late? More times than not, that's how it goes. You don't get a lot of new toys on signing day. This signing day could be much different. And, you know, we, I remember we, I said it myself, our expectations for this signing class need to be tempered. Everybody needs to look at this and say, you know what, hey, here's the deal. We need to be patient with this staff. Everybody kind of understand where we stand and uh, the fact that we're having to kind of make up for lost ground with some guys that uh, aren't familiar with the Mississippi State story for the most part. But State currently is ranked 36th in the country, according to 247 Sports, 37th in the composite. So you're right there of pretty much being where you always are which we're traditionally a top 30 recruiter. But when you begin to think about adding these players in, your eyes kind of get a little wide here and you start thinking, you know what, Steve? This could be a situation here where Jeff Levy really gets some juice as a recruiter because you don't think we can go out there and pump that up on signing day? It's like Mississippi State adds all these four stars late in the process. And, of course, on signing day, you won't be able to add Daniel Hill in the rankings, you won't be able to have Stonker Burnside in the rankings, but that comes later. Now, of course, all the newspapers will have already written their story and labeled us, oh, well, you know, State's a top 30 class. But what happens when Stonka and those guys announce, what does that do to the rankings? It's important to understand. People are like, Steve, I don't care about recruiting rankings. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You care. Because when things aren't going well, you always reference that. That's what happens. People do it all the time. But uh, it's so interesting. You know, it's so interesting to me that uh, you look at all this and you begin to think about 
the possibilities. And who would have thought that a month ago we'd be in a position right now that we're even debating the possibility of Daniel Hill being a part of our class? I didn't. I really thought that we were going to be shut out of this thing. And we still may see him go somewhere else because he may not be a take for Alabama today, but he may be a take for Alabama on signing day. And you got to factor that part of it in too because let's think about this. Remember the Malik Neighbors deal? Uh, you know, our LSU site reported on signing day eve that uh, they were not going to sign Malik Neighbors. Just, you know, they weren't going to have room for it. And then what do you know? They get up that next morning and uh, they have lost a commitment to Alabama and a roster spot opens up in the class and they take Malik Neighbors. That didn't work out well for us, did it? Not only did we lose a great player, LSU got a great player. So that's significant. So you got to understand that kind of going in. You know, the, the, what's, what's true today may not be true tomorrow. But if, again, looking at the numbers and there's going to be some ebb and flow, right? But if Mississippi State adds those three players, you got a real chance to get in top 25. And then, of course, you begin to think about the other players you may add. You know, let's say you get Elijah Cannon, right? I don't expect to get Colin Fox, but if you did, wouldn't that be something, right? And so I think when you begin to take a measure of where we are recruiting-wise and what is possible, I think you have to say that, hey, the early stages of the Jeff Levy recruiting experience have been good. If we can get to signing day and get some of these guys to the table that we're talking about, it could be great. And I think then that, in turn, gives you a ton of juice uh, going into the final segment of uh, finalizing your transfer portal class. You know, guys will have a chance, you know, get settled in their houses and that kind of stuff. And, you know, there, there's a lot to it. But um, we still have time on these transfers. But right now the focus is, you know, let's get these national letter of intent signing. Of course, we'll get to meet with Jeff Levy on uh, Wednesday, National Signing Day. And uh, I won't be there, unfortunately. I'll be in Ohio. Uh, but that's all part of the deal. We got to do what we have to do. And so I shared that with you because I think there could be some fireworks between now and Wednesday. I'm not going to sit here and just kind of paint you a picture and say, hey, everything's going to be great. And, uh, you know, we should always be a top 25 recruiter in my estimation. And, and we can always say, well, the rankings aren't right. And sometimes that's the correct way to look at things. Uh, and I do expect some upward mobility for some of the current commitments after they've been evaluated in person by the 247 Sports National Team this week at Mississippi Alabama practices. Uh, Terrence Hibbler is a guy that will be at uh, All-American practices, as will loop work. And so uh, I expect to see some elevation in the rankings. So I think that's part of it. You'll add players, but you'll also have some of the current players probably get a ranking that's more commiserate with their actual abilities. And when it's all said and done – if you end up in the top 30 this year after everything that Mississippi State has endured, that is a huge win. Huge, huge win. I think it's important that everybody understand that. They're going to be other, and of course, there's always going to be that self absorbed, self loathing guy that always evaluates everything against Ole Miss. And listen, I get it. We got to pay attention to what they're doing. I mean, nothing motivates one school in the rivalry more than the other than the success of one, right? But we're not in the same situation right now. 
right? We're, we've got a first-year coach. They've got a guy that's been there now going on uh, five years. You know, 2020 was Lane Kiffin's first year. they got things rolling. I mean, and if you say otherwise, you're just being disingenuous. They do, and they're doing a great job in the portal right now. But what we have to do is focus on what Mississippi State's doing, right? We can't be distracted. It's like, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. Let's focus on what we have to do to make Mississippi State a better place and support our coaching staff as they navigate through the final weeks of the uh, final days now of the uh, recruiting process for high school and junior college players. And then we'll see if we can find some difference makers uh, in the portal. And, of course, many of those guys on campus this weekend. And, again, not, not sure that we'll get an announcement out of any of those guys. You don't ever rule it out. But, um, you know, we didn't get one last week. Ethan, not last weekend, Ethan Minor, of course, uh, we, we expected that to happen. But um, happened later in the week, happened on Thursday. So it may be one of those situations where some of these guys want to make a decision before Christmas. I think McKay and Pounders could be a guy that can go ahead and make the call too uh, of the, the, the visitors this weekend. I think he always wanted to be at Mississippi State. I think he regretted making the decision that he did. He's had a couple of years to think about it. Now he has a chance to come home. Uh, so we'll monitor all that stuff, and uh, that'll be exciting for everybody as we kind of move ahead. But I'm excited, and I'm cautiously optimistic about how this class ends up. Um, again, it's you know the recruiting rankings are great, and they're important. They're a pretty good barometer of future success, by and large, because uh, you never predicting future human performance is a very inexact science, right? I mean, once they get on campus, you never know how they're going to acclimate. I mean, there's always something to that. And not to mention, how many times have you seen, hey, this kid's in the portal with 10 tackles and he was a former four-star? I mean, there's some guys out there that just don't translate well. So that's where we are. And uh, we'll be back to recap uh, visits on uh, probably late Sunday night. Probably. It depends on how I feel. We've got a lot to do. And, uh, you know, again, I'll be uh, traveling to Columbus, Ohio. It's just – it is what it is, right? I mean, you know – you got to move when people want you to move. But we're going up there uh, to do some training for the new business. But uh, I'll be uh, taking mission control with me and the mics and all that good stuff, and we'll get everything set up when we get to Ohio, and uh, we'll do what we have to do. I've got a big team, so we'll have people with boots on the ground here to kind of handle some things. So um, your, your coverage not going not gonna to suffer on signing day. Uh, well, again, thanks, everybody, for uh, supporting the book. You can go to winthebottomfalls.com. We sold a ton of online orders this past week. Uh, winthebottomfalls.com also has all of my sports titles. That's Alpha Dogs, Stark Villains, Dogpile, and uh, we'll eventually have the dude there, too. And uh, I'm eager to start writing that, but I'm just trying to say primarily focused on what we've got going on right now, uh, which is uh, recruiting. And that's what a lot of people sign up for, is what's going to happen with recruiting. So... Uh, that's a big part of things. So I want you guys to, to understand that uh, new books are coming, but uh, enjoy the ones that I've written so far. But uh, When the Bottom Falls is the most personal thing I've ever written. Uh, I'm glad to be able to document that story to try to, exp- to share some experience, strength, and hope. And I'll, I'll share with you one quick story before we go. Uh, from time to time, I go to Pine Grove, and uh, it's called uh, Days of Hope, where the alumni comes back, and uh, we go and just kind of you know, talk about what life is like now, kind of on the outside. What's it like living a life of recovery? And uh, I used to go two to three times a year. I haven't gone the last couple of years. Um, and that's and it's shame on me, right? Uh, but I had a guy yesterday show up at Lemuria Books, and um, he looked familiar. I couldn't place him. And he was a guy that was actually a patient at Pine Grove at one point. I'm not going to put his name out there. You know, I'm not going to break his anonymity. 
But he made the comment, he goes, I remember you came down there and uh, you spoke to us. And I remember you said this and you said that, and it made an impact on me. You never know, you never know in life what you do or say that's going to change somebody else or, or give somebody a rallying cry or a mantra. You never know. That's why I think it's so important that we all just speak openly. You know, I'm from South Mississippi. You know, it's one of those things like we, did, we didn't talk about, you know, the negative things that may be happening in our lives or our families and that kind of stuff. We just kind of kept all that stuff together. And in, in many respects, I carry some of that with me. Like, I'll protect your secrets, but not really my own, right? That's just, you know, that's dangerous for me. But it was very rewarding to know that, uh, that here's a guy that just, I went and spoke at a treatment center, and now here he is, shows up at a book signing and say, hey, I want to let you know, man, I got a couple of years sober under my belt now. I think three years sober. And uh, that's remarkable well, because we do recover. It's possible. There's so many people out there to think, you know what, this person's hopeless. I was hopeless. Or so they told me. You know, I picked up my 32-year chip this week, and I always go to Hattiesburg to do it because that's where I got sober. I make that pilgrimage every single year to go pick up my chip. And, uh, you know, the faces have changed. You know, I mean... Some people age out, some people relapse. But it's important, I think, for me, anyway, when I go to Hattiesburg, it reminds me from whence I've come. And I got the books and the show, the website, there's a million things out there. A lot of people know who I am these days. Uh, but I never, ever, ever want to forget, you know, where I've come from. And I don't just mean being from South Mississippi, which I, I wear that like a badge of honor. But there was a time in my life that uh, nobody wanted to know who I was. And maybe that's who you are today. And I'm just here to tell you that uh, you can change your life. You may need some help, but you can do it. You're not a passenger, you're the pilot. And so let me encourage you, no matter what you're dealing with, whether it be addiction, whether it be gambling, whether it be, uh, you know, I don't know, sexual immorality, whatever you're dealing with in life, it ends when you're ready. It's up to you. It truly is. You know, and, and maybe you're in a dead-end job. I had a guy, and I'll credit him, my friend Benny Bruce, who uh, played in a band that used to open. When I was at Cervello, they opened for us. And I write about some of this. And uh, it went to Bottom Falls. And Benny went on the joint to form the Molly Ringwalds. And uh, one day, Benny said this, and I was on the phone in Hattiesburg. Dan and I were living on 34th Street, and I was on the phone with Benny. And he goes, man, it's so crazy, man. The solutions to life problems are usually very simple. We just complicate them with feelings. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, if you're truly unhappy in your job, you can go get another one. If you're unhappy in your relationship, you can break up, you know. Uh, if you're not happy with your car, go get another one. You know, and you say, well, I, you know, I can't do it. You, you can. You can. You know, what's the whole thing about, you know, the fear of failure has killed more dreams than anything else? You know, you, we, are, we are empowered in life. And uh, that's the thing that I take from that is that, you know, instead of me choosing to be miserable, and it is in choice in many respects, choosing to be miserable and to kind of stay stagnant uh, in a place where I'm not thriving, that's nobody's fault but my own. And that's the case for all of you as well. I mean, we're not prisoners. We just kind of, you know, make ourselves feel that way. Well, I'm just stuck here. No, you're not stuck. You're not stuck. And you know what? Maybe you can save your relationship. Maybe you can save your job. Maybe you can change some things around. But it all starts with you. It is. And uh, I'm a big proponent of that. I'm a big proponent of, you know, your perception in many respects uh, becomes a reality. If you begin to tell yourself those negative things and say, hey, this is just what I've got to live with. Well, then, then what do you know? You live with it. 
There are some times in life that you'll put your foot in the ground and just start laying out haymakers and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not backing up one step more. This is it. This is where I make my stand. And so I encourage you to do that. No matter what you're dealing with in life, we all have a struggle. Nobody's got it all figured out. None of us think that we're worthy. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Even those people out there that are posting all these great pictures on Instagram of all these great trips they take and all the great meals they think, those people are probably the most insecure among us all because they're doing all that for this external validation. And then we all gobble that up and say, man, I want my life to be like that. I want to live like a rock star. You know, I want my life to be like a video when theirs is not even like that, right? Now, of course, there are a few people out there living high on the hog, but, uh, you know, your neighbor's not one of them, you know? I mean, you know, the kid down the street's not one of them. You know, that's the thing. With, you know, there's all this perception. You know, it's like we create this false perception, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, I like their digital self better than I like their true self. And I think that's a shame, you know, because there's some people out there that are absolutely rotten and they, they give you this, you know, this look on social media about who they are and what they are. And you say, you know what, if they were really like that, I'd probably like them better. Not that they need my approval or my judgment, but I just tell you that, you know, you don't need me to tell you this, that the, the uh, you know, the portrait that we paint sometimes of who we are and what we are on social media is not accurate. Not at all. I, I can tell you, I, I have uh, met with a lot of people in my career about uh, recovery, and you would never know how hard they're, they're struggling or how deep their depressions are just by looking at their social media. And you see all this, and it's like, oh, they're having so much fun, and they're really not. And uh, I think it's important to understand there is the Paul Harvey version of the rest of the story. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.